Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ash Millman. Oh, hello. Hi, and Josh Brown. Oh, hello. Hello, and we're going to have a big old debate as to Fallout versus Elder Scrolls, two Ooh. storied franchises with two massive fan bases alongside, um, because Fallout 76 is currently tearing up the controversial waves as to how oh, it's landing. Oh, it's tearing up something, all is right. It? <laughs> oh, God. It is kind of in pieces, but we thought we'd sort of, I don't know, pair off these two franchises in a, a series of different uh, categories, because Josh, you're a big uh, Fallout fan. Well, here's the thing, right? Go I'm, on. I'm joined to do this on the Fallout side because I yes. do think Fallout is my baby, right? Good. But I bloody love the Elder Scrolls, like Skyrim, Oblivion, two of my favourite games of all time. Right. So I love everything, and I'm just happy to be here. To well, be that's good, but for the next 25 minutes, you are representing Fallout. Therefore, yeah. Fallout is your favourite game, and to hell with the Elder Scrolls. Nerd. Okay. Yes, nerd. I'm nerd and loser. Whereas, Ash, you're in big support of Elder Scrolls, I and am. Fallout is complete toss. Yeah, as far that's, as that's right. You're damn right there, Scott. Good stuff. So, um, <laughs> as far as Bethesda's concerned, they came on board um, acquiring the Fallout IP from Black Isle Studios in 2004, and I think a lot of people came on board with Fallout with Fallout 3. Um, so, in terms of pairing, we're not going to go game by game, but you guys can draw from any games if you want to, depending on what comes up. Um, but in terms of just reeling off some popular titles that people will have played and will know, on the Fallout side, we've got Fallout 3, we've got New Vegas, Fallout 4, and Fallout 76. I think that's the majority of the ones that people played. And on the Scrolls side, Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, and Elder Scrolls Online. I don't yes. think that many people played Elder Scrolls Arena or Elder Scrolls Daggerfall. So we've no. got four titles on either side that tend to be the sort of most talked about ones. And with that in mind, I thought we should open with general game mechanics and sheer playability. Ash, would you like to open in terms of how well the Scrolls games play? Ooh, well, they all play great is the thing. Mm. I think, um, I think. well, the Elder Scrolls in general is a fantastic game, fantastically made. The only thing the only thing that I'm going to mention straight away as a negative is maybe the creation engine needs like working on because it's, true. it's constantly recycled as we see in the Fallout games. So it's gotten to the point where it's, it is very much like a recycled, recyclable um, at this point. But no, I think playability-wise, it's fantastic. It's, it's engaging. It's immersive. Everything about it, that side of things is it's fantastic. I don't know what else to say. Have you always it's been, really good. Have like, you always been a fan of the hack and slash, the melee combat versus something like the range stuff in Fallout? Oh, 100%. I think I think what this will boil down to essentially is fantasy versus science fiction, which we're going to try and mm. avoid because there is plenty of nuance between these games that doesn't just come down to that. Mm -hmm. But for me, fantasy has always been a reigning champion of gaming in loads of different formats. And The Elder Scrolls embodies that perfectly as like the classic fantasy, exploring everywhere, there's dragons and monsters sort of game. True. I think we'll, we'll try and stick to um, things that are sort of be able to be objectively measured, such yeah. as responsiveness and tightness of controls and things like that. Um, and so, yes, like it is worth pointing out that obviously there's a subjective side to this debate because if you just mm -hmm. love sci-fi, you're going to go down the Fallout route. Um, but Josh, what are your thoughts on yeah, Fallout's I, mechanics? I think there's a, like, it's a hugely subjective thing and yeah. like, but 
Go on. But, 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 but yes. I think when you get to Fallout, there is there is kind of more ways to play in a way. Hear me out. I know that Elder Scrolls, I'm only, I'm only you've got magic. <laughs> you can have all the different, you can have big hammers, you can have swords, you can stealthily, you can talk your way through things. And you can to an extent with Fallout as well, because I know you're, you're basically just shooting things. But mm-hmm. you've got um, all the different weapons, you've got all the different builds, you can go melee if you want. Or you can, um, uh, and then and then there's vats. That's what I've just remembered. <laughs> and then there is vats. It is worth talking about vats. I think makes, um, adds a sort of variety to the entire hmm. ways to play. I'm mm-hmm. just not even making sentences at the moment. <laughs> I know what you mean, but though. When it comes to sort of the stability of it and like the actual feel of playing it, I think Elder Scrolls is kind of better at least um, as a whole because mm. uh, I know this is I'm defending Fallout. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I I'd agree with your line of thought. I think I think Elder Scrolls does pip Fallout for having a wide range of weapons and magic, which is a really big part of it. And I think if you want to go into like vats a little bit more, I think that's the main part that actually is quite interesting for Fallout because it's the way that they've altered the RPG. I'm not a big fan of it because I feel like it sucks all the fun out of actually aiming, shooting and doing tactical Ooh. tactical things. See, Okay, I'm going to leap in. Uh, I have no side in this fight, although Scrolls is kind of Fallout, but I have no side in this fight. But it is interesting talking about the implementation of VATS because obviously the first two Fallout games were turn-based and that was kind of Bethesda's way of maintaining yeah. like an, an air of taking your time and planning your moves and stuff. But even in that sense, Fallout 76 has kind of ditched it and just made it like an auto-aim thing. Yeah. So um, what's your general thoughts on that? Even though they've got like sort of um, faster-firing weapons, you've got SMGs, you've got like shotguns, mm. you've got like... It's more... It should be more immediate, mm. yet I think Fallout sort of... It's kind of slower, more methodical in a way with scrolls you're sort of just running into the fray mm. and just sort of slashing and hoping for the best whereas <laughs> yes. with Fallout when you get like vats and you get if you're going back to like the turn base thing there is sort of you sort of have to plan your route through um, levels and mm-hmm. through sort of the map in a bit more uh, contemplative way I'd say we like the shooting and that's partly because the shooting mechanics are bad that's what I was trying to tie you back into <laughs> earlier on like in Fallout 3 you can't aim down sights and you just sort mm. of got to it's like a game of numbers of whether you're going to hit it and that's yep. why you need to kind of rely on vats and a lot of people don't like that but it's sort of for me it harkens back to those kind of uh not like yeah like the turn based you know sort of more pen and paper style of like combat whereas yeah. to me Skyrim sort of feels better in the moment and it is sort of more immediate but it is kind of just like it's very hidden hope. It's very flaily, yeah. um, which I think is something that, like, yeah, across all the installments, I don't think Scrolls has ever really like nailed down like a really good sense of like reposting and dodging and moving, yeah. which is something that obviously Dark Souls kind of nailed, and that kind of changed a lot of the way that people approach third-person action mm-hmm. um, or first-person action or whatever. Um, but in terms of the two, let's move on to storytelling, and we can talk about the depth of lore. Um, now, Ash did write a big old thing on why Elder Scrolls is definitively better than Fallout, full of herself as she is, <laughs> and you can go and watch that video if you want. Um, but so I, I've sort of picked a couple of things from that to sort of. Mm debate out in terms of bringing both sides to it. Um, so in terms of the way that the worlds are laid out, in terms of Tamriel versus whichever location you want to pick from Fallout, um, how do you guys think that they handle their lore in terms of injecting it into those worlds and making you want to explore and find those different things? Because in Scrolls, you've got all the books are everywhere and there's different things that you can find. In Fallout, you've got the audio recordings. Um, how detailed do you think those worlds come across? I mean, I think they're both like ridiculously detailed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They are very different focuses to an extent with uh, the player character though and how the story is told through them mm-hmm. with the in um, Elder Scrolls you're always sort of like the chosen one and you're like mm-hmm. the person who has to like fulfill their destiny mm-hmm. and like save the world and stuff and while that is like incredibly compelling and is the basis for a lot of really good stories for me that's personally not what I sort of look for in an RPG like this I think 
in a way it sort of limits your role-playing ability to an extent within the main narrative, whereas in Fallout, in my favorite Fallout is mm. New Vegas, you're literally, you get shot in the head, you're a courier, and then the game's <laughs> just like, you can do what you want. You, yeah. you can fulfill this grand master yeah. plan if you want. You don't even have to bother with it. You could just sort of go off and explore your own story. And I think Bethesda did did kind of <laughs> drop the ball a little bit with mm. um, Fallout 3 when they did sort of rely on that. You're mm. the chosen one. You need to go help. And uh, Fox so, is like, you need to do this because it's your destiny. And that sort of felt a bit false and not entirely what Fallout is to me. Mm-hmm. Mm. I will drop in. Well, I'll let you respond to this. But I also drop in a thing that Ash said, uh, which is you guys have already argued a little bit about this before we came in, um, about like Fallout is about the world, whereas Scrolls is about the individual. Yes. Um, what do you think of that? This is something I, uh, I read online. And I, I thought about it for a bit because I think I mentioned it in the, the, the other video. Yep. But um, what I was reading about was Fallout is essentially a game of experiencing the world uh, because everything is about the world's effect on you. It's a big irradiated landscape. Uh, it's about surviving in the wasteland. And like Fallout 4 is about building settlements. It's all about your place in rebuilding society, which is essentially an experience of the world. It's not a personal experience, which it is. It is a personal experience. They, that's totally what 76 is as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's 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 your it's your place in this world that Bethesda have built, or other companies as well. But in this case that Bethesda have built that you can go and experience, whereas Elder Scrolls is essentially you are the chosen one. It's about you crafting your destiny down to the very star sign you're you're born under, like in Oblivion and stuff. Like it, it proper goes down to the roots on customize customization, mm-hmm. and uh, how your experience can be drawn out of that. And Fallout obviously has a, those elements, otherwise it wouldn't be a successful game that people want to dive into and stuff. But essentially, that's where they branch out and people enjoy things a little bit differently. See, this is a perfect uh, way of, get, of drilling down to a different thing because um, that gets to the core of like which is a better role-playing game. Yeah. Because uh, in terms of like character customization, you were saying you can play like, you know, you, obviously you can play scrolls in a million different ways. Uh, for me personally, I've never thought, I never got that much variety out of the way that I play the Fallout games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you would contest that because obviously there are so many perks that you can get yeah like do you feel like there's a there is just as much customization to fallout's characters as there are to scrolls well it depends what you what you're talking about really if you're talking about like base customization there mm. sort of isn't because i mean you only really get to customize armor you don't get to customize you know you can't be a lizard man in fallout <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> i'd love, love to be a ghoul but i think in the ways you can impact the story and you can sort of manipulate it i think that's just as good as anything in any kind of elder scrolls game mm. in a way i think there is a lot of way to maneuver these worlds except maybe in Fallout 4 where they take a lot of the speech options away which yes. is yes um, mm. would you would you agree with that in terms of the way that the, the character customization goes forward or do you think scrolls it just needs to be championed as something that does something that Fallout doesn't do uh, I think well I think like I say I think Fallout does have these customization options mm-hmm. but I do think they definitely they separate in the points that we've brought up yeah. um, and uh, who wouldn't want to be a Khajiit or an Argo- Argonian against like an old person like it's very true it's true like that's that's where the fun stuff so happens. there was another thing as well uh, in terms of because obviously both have been made by Bethesda. Elder Scrolls Online was uh, Xenomax, I think, or Inexile, one of the two. Xenomax, I think. Um, but you were talking about the way that um, Bethesda have changed their game mechanics over time. They've mm. sort of streamlined a lot of things out, and they've started aiming for wider. I mean, Fallout Four, like they had a, a massive gutting of the the amount of text that's in that game in terms of what yeah. your character's going to say. And we just got things like the sarcastic or sarcasm option. Yeah. Um, you look at Fallout seventy six on the other side, or the continuation of that is just this massive online thing, and you just yeah. make your own fun, you make your own conversations, and you figure it out that way. Um, that was something that you were bringing up in terms of the way that Bethesda have changed their approach to these franchises. Yeah, well, this is sort of like my big, the big difference between um, Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls for me isn't sort of necessarily in the mechanics or in the kind of lore and like the more subjective
of things. It's the way, and I'm talking about Bethesda specifically. I'm not yep. talking about like Fallout One and Two, even mm-hmm. though they are sort of they should be champions. And Fallout One is mm-hmm. like an amazing experience. But the way Bethesda have treated them both going forward and sort of stripping away the RPG elements, I think is more evident in Fallout because in general they're sort of just more experimental with Fallout mm-hmm. for better and worse. When you get an Elder Scrolls game. Even Elder Scrolls Online, to an extent, you sort of know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. There is a, a sense of expectation mm. behind each one of these installments. When Elder Scrolls Six comes out, it could theoretically be 10 years since Skyrim. <laughs> and yeah. people will expect a certain thing and expect certain things to not change. Whereas when it comes to Fallout, even in the individual games, I think they're more open to experimentation. Again, for better or worse. I was say, is that a positive or a negative? Thing. So they mm. plug in sort of settlements and they plug in sort of uh, you know these weird Minecraft things and then they're willing to take risks on Mm. Fallout Shelter and Fallout 76 and it doesn't always work but I think that sort of does feed into what you like and what you don't like um, about each series like if you enjoy the Elder Scrolls you know Mm. exactly what you're getting and you could argue that Bethesda have dropped the ball with Fallout by sort of like the way they constantly try to reshape what Fallout is in a because way because that's the thing. Um, yeah. You made the point that like Bethesda, sorry, um, Scrolls is Bethesda's baby. So they sort yeah. of. It seems like if you take your point forward, like yeah, they sort of they treat it as like the thing they don't want to mess with as much. Whereas Fallout they acquired from Black Isle, so they can mm. kind of afford to experiment a bit more yeah. with it. And so have you mm. kind of felt that the same way going? Forward? I definitely agree. Definitely, definitely agree that Fallout <laughs> is the experimental one, and that you can get a lot more different, uh, a lot more different experiences from it because of the way that they're willing to say, hey, let's try this, let's do this. Um, Fallout seventy six doesn't feel like an experiment because it's a rip off of the Elder Scrolls Online just to get onto their Ooh. properties. Like, you know what I mean? They've got Elder Scrolls Online now. They're like, well, let's do 76 and it didn't work. But Elder Scrolls didn't work when it first went I was going to say that wasn't very good at launch. So, no, so like, fair enough. Hopefully yeah. it gets better. But um, what I think... I had a point here, and it's slowly moving <laughs> from my mind. Um, what I think is important to both of these games, it's come back, is yeah. uh, that the Elder Scrolls, because because of when it's set. It's a classic fantasy game, yes, and there is expectations that come with that, and there is things that you're going to know and hold to a high quality when you want a fantasy game because there's so many of them, you expect good sword fighting and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But with The Elder Scrolls, because of when it is set and it's got all these thousands of years that are like years ago, mm-hmm. and because of how wide-spanning the lore is and how invested they are in creating a backstory that's in thousands of books and different cave paintings and everything, they can drop you in at any point across their timeline, and it'll be interesting, and there's a lot wider scope of years they can do, and advance things within this fictional society, whereas Fallout, you're always going to be in the irradiated wasteland, you're always going to be in the green and brown lands of, of Fallout, That mm-hmm. that's it, that's all it's going to be, it's never going to be like you're not going to ever see before the war because you did that slightly in Fallout 4 when you just were in the yeah. That's that's a really good point, though, uh, unless you want to... I was just going to say, this, this is sort of... To me, That that's why I think Bethesda keep trying to experiment with what Fallout is yeah. as opposed to iconography because I'm not sure they entirely kind of grasp it. They know that people sort of <laughs> like the Brotherhood of Steel. They know people sort yeah. of like like the Vault Boy Pit-boy. and Pit, Pit Boys and stuff like that. But like, like you said, the lore around it isn't kind of that flexible and they sort mm. of seem to be averse to kind of taking risks with it like yeah. when Obsidian came back in and did Fallout New Vegas and mm. they kind of made the Brotherhood of Steel uh, they well it was sort of close to how they were represented in sort of the original Fallout games mm. and yet when Bethesda came back to do Fallout 4 they kind of drew that back a little bit and kind of was like no 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 this is how they should be mm-hmm. this is how we've depicted them as and they're kind of mm-hmm. more rigid with the law in that way and I don't know whether that's just because they don't have enough to draw from or whether mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. that's to them what Fallout 
is. It's strange because obviously you know there's the sheer fact of the, the sheer fact of the matter that Bethesda acquired Fallout. It's the, there is no more like original stuff to pull from. They've they've yeah. been given the or they bought the IP and they've kind of they've they're the ones that have to sort of introduce new elements and contest with the original Fallout fans that want it to be in a certain way. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. And so that kind of leads me to another thing, uh, which is just talking about general art direction. Like, do you feel that like Elder Scrolls has an identifiable, like it just has a, a franchise identity? Yeah, 100%. Think, like, I okay. think, sorry, finish, finish. Your no, no, well, you've you been pretty much leap in. But yeah. the thing with Fallout <laughs> is, like, obviously you've got the Pip-Boys, you've got the sort of retro 50s, like Americana, like old yeah. school look. Like, if you look at certain styles, like, I mean, there's a, the next game that Obsidian are doing, um, like some of the imagery from that's already leaked, and people are already going, that's a bit Fallout-ish. It is a little. <laughs> and yeah. as soon as you see, like, you know, like retro sort of yeah. fonts, it's like, that's Fallout style. Whereas, like, so it's I, I very like seldom seen like someone go, oh, that's very scroll style. So that's kind of what I was getting at. But that's fair enough. In. That is fair enough. My my point would be that this uh, the beautiful landscapes is identifiably Skyrim and Oblivion and all that. That is their thing. But one hundred percent Daedra, like Daedric mm. stuff, Daedric armor, oh, yeah, like that is so original and interesting and like a real fascinating part of that lore and a real staple image as well like it's proper looks like Balrog sort of yeah. stuff like again I'm drawing from another source to say that it looks original but uh, <laughs> like I, I think that more original in the game world yeah so I, I would say Daedra and that sort of thing that's that's 100% their thing the Oblivion Gates all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. Oblivion was their like Tour de Force game like I that's my favourite game ever that is their best game I love Skyrim Oblivion was the best one and that definitely has an identifiable whoa, this mm-hmm. is the Elder Scrolls. And then you look at stuff like Morrowind as well. That's like, that 100% has a game style. But maybe you're right that the whole series 
itself. Like that's have... the thing. It's it's almost like if you said what's Final Fantasy's identifiable style. It's like they don't necessarily pink, have one. Purple. <laughs> yeah, there's like weird ass kinks and like you know sort of metrosexual main characters and stuff. I and said like pink. Well, pink. Is, I thought you said kink. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There's a lot of kink in Final Fantasy to be fair. But it's just, that's the thing with uh, Scrolls is that they've yeah. kind of got a different visual identity for each game. Like Morrowind is incredibly brown and, and kind yeah. of gray, but it has that like I don't know like from the earth like naturalistic kind yeah, of like botanical stuff. look. And then yeah, and then Skyrim's all up in the mountains and Viking mm. and, and things like that. Whereas Fallout, if you sort of like lay them all out in like a line and go like screenshots from each one, like you know if you have to minus the rendering side of it, like Fallout <laughs> Three to Fallout Four isn't a massive leap. And yeah. then Fallout like and then even to seventy six is like well the contrasts higher and then that's yeah. You know, there's some nice flower colors. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I think. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's sort of what Ash, we kind of like links it to what Ash was talking about with the sort of law of um, Elder Scrolls perhaps mm. being potentially not uh, richer. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's richer, but uh, I think it's more flexible and like mm. you have more to do. So you can constantly reinvent like these different locations. You can yeah. set the game hundreds of years in the future and reference past events, but then have your own distinct style. Yeah. Whereas Fallout is often set around similar a similar time period. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's, there's obviously discrepancies, but different cities, mm. but the you've still got the same visual iconography. You've still got the mm. pit boy. You've still got the, the crumbled buildings. The crumbled buildings. Oh, yeah. And you've got a bit of color now, which is nice, but you've got like the death claws. I think... That's cool because it is instantly mm. an identifiably fallout. Mm-hmm. And I think there is depth to it as well, as opposed to just being a thing that's easy to sell. You know, I'm yeah. going to put the Vault Boy on like this <laughs> sticker. And yeah. Now, yeah. Gonna, oh, yeah, I call him Pip Boy. Pit what a new buy arm. It's Vault Boy, isn't it? The Pip Boy. The Pip Boy. That's Mr. interesting Pit-Boy. in terms of um, some of the best and most talked about stuff in Fallout is like the stories that are inside the vaults. But I feel like that's like this level of like storytelling heft that like Scrolls doesn't have like an impactful story necessarily. I like the bit when you go up and meet Parthenax and you have a nice little revelation in Skyrim. It doesn't have an impactful story. Not in like a Last of Us or like. Uh, you know, like what? What? what go on. No, I, to be fair, that's. Quite I don't think it's good. It's not like a gut punch. Oh my that's god! That's what like, I mean. Like, like yeah. it's it, you get. Inv- I think the way you've got to look for that is the factions. Yeah, and like, yeah, and if I was, was going to say, if you delve into like the books and and you make make a point of like spending some time in a certain township, you'll pick up on all sorts of like interpersonal relationships that are in yeah. that town. And you'll find out someone's been killed by someone or yeah. whatever, and you'll kind of have that reaction of like, oh man, like I, I feel something on like a human level. But on in Fallout, you, you kind of get them delivered to you more. Like if you like on the storytelling side. If you go into the vaults, you'll go in there and have an authored experience that is delivered to you and you'll take it in yeah. and you'll mm. get more of a feel for where people used to be beforehand. All that ties into uh, going forward in terms of the chronology of Fallout because there's only so far forward past the bombs they can go before there's too much civilization then it's not Fallout again. Yeah. So it's like, does that fundamentally limit what they can do going forward? I'd say no, I mm. don't. Because I know they've, they've pulled back with Fallout 76 and gone immediately like, you're the first humans rediscovering civilization. But I think you can get to the point where you're kind of re- building it doesn't have to be in the immediacy of the mm. post-apocalyptic uh, mm. apocalyptic landscape where everyone's just kind of refinding civilization i do think fallout can exist like long uh long beyond that and sort of when you are trying to rebuild and you have like these factions that are sort of getting up and running i think that works fine and i think if anything that would be liberating for the franchise because then mm. you do get the original stories and you are just paying homage or trying to find ways to reappropriate these past uh, like factions and mm-hmm. trying to make them fit with the story you want to tell so mm. i i don't know if you i don't know if you do get far enough where it stops being 
fallout in general. I guess they go too far, they bomb it again and start. They bomb it again! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. just drop more nukes. Well, I mean, yeah. they have the whole thing, war never changes, and it can just be cyclical and bombs happen again. Yeah. Everything gets irradiated all over again. Yeah. But um, that's the thing, in terms of like what you look forward to in a new Elder Scrolls installment, it's always going to be, well, assumingly it's going to be this, enti- like Final Fantasy, it's mm. this whole new installment where like you're not necessarily looking for a continuation of an overarching story, you're looking for a bunch of new stories in that world. Yeah. Versus Fallout, there's kind of that assumption that they're going to delve back into what happened before the bombs went off and the Great War and all that kind of thing. And so like, I just kind of wonder where they're going to go like in terms of the new franchises. Like, mm. you know, how much story can you pick from? So. I would say a, like a thing for Fallout that I think um, is to its detriment is that it bases itself in like a faux version of our history. It's mm-hmm. too closely tied to reality, in my opinion. Um, but that, that's, again, that's coming at it from a subjective point of view. Uh, I, I just don't think that that's they've kind of shot themselves in the foot with going backwards there mm-hmm. because it's what we already know. And Well, that, that ties back into what you were saying about, like, well, what we've been saying the whole thing, that, like, it's not their baby. So, like, yeah. it's, it, because it's an IP that they've acquired, they have no, like, you know, like, George Lucas-type figure to yeah. go to and be like, okay, we've, we've, we've expanded, like, all these plot threads. We want something new. And then they, they have to be the ones that inject it in. Mm. And then there's, like, maybe a potential loss of, like, authority if they do that because right. they're not, you know, they aren't the forebears of the franchise. Yeah, so. admittedly, I don't think that's stopped them in the past True. so far. Like, like they have sort of bent the law and sort of like like changed things mm. in a way that fits them more than it would have fit all the Fallout games, mm-hmm. the worst, even if they have like had like characters that reappear and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I think I don't know. I think it's difficult when you get like stuff like the Elder Scrolls. There are there are things you expect to see, especially if you've played the most recent ones, Oblivion mm. and Skyrim. You expect to see the guilds. You go, you jump in, you see how they're mm. doing now. But I think sort of the fun is sort of jumping in these new regions, jumping ahead of time and seeing how those established figures are sort of holding up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like how the Dark Brotherhood is sort yeah, of still oh God, operating now. Like, I think well, that's see, really like, fascinating. I think you kind of have that with Fallout yeah, while still moving forward. That's what I would love to see. I would actually like them to do like a massive time jump in Fallout and then be like, yeah. these are the remnants of what you would think of as Fallout lore and we're going to pick and pick and choose and we'll yeah. sort of put our own stamp on it a bit more because then you get to delve into all sorts of like socioeconomic stuff like what the Metro series does where it's like you've got these emerging pockets of humanity and religions yeah. and cultures emerging back to the surface and then how do they meld based on the fractures of like knowledge that they had when they were underground and then there's way more storytelling possibilities for that but I wonder in terms of like obviously Fallout 76 has been a bit of a bomb so it's like how much how many lessons do they take from that and to inject into the new one so I think we should talk about uh, where they're going to go from here Mm. Um, so you can talk about Elder Scrolls 6 first and we'll come back to Fallout what do you want to see? Where can it go? It can go mm. everywhere is the thing. Um, well, it looks like they're going to go back to Daggerfall um, sort of stuff. Which Bring is, that artwork back. What is it? Hammerfell and all that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, like, it looks like it's very much going to go in that direction. What I actually am desperate to see, maybe not in... Uh, maybe not in Elder Scrolls 6, mm-hmm. but in the future is the Akaviri War uh, and them coming back because there's all that lore that they've seeded about them them coming back at some point and that's where they're going to introduce a load of weird, crazy characters like from all <laughs> these random islands like the tiger people and the dragon oh, yeah. that stuff and the monkey warriors and everything. And um, I think that would be a really... It's a really big risk for them, though. It's a really big risk. And like you say, with Fallout and, and Elder Scrolls, uh, it's not one they're likely to take in in full committed form. 
Um, Although, looking at um, Fallout 76, like, that's got some of the most over-the-top bosses that they've ever done. Yeah, that's Like true. the Mothman and the weird glab oh, of the fishbowl head. I love those so yeah. much. I love yeah. them. Yeah, like, and it's like, obviously, like I said, like, things that they can take from Fallout 76 is, yeah. like, more interesting, unique, and memorable enemies because, like, obviously, there's a whole bunch of them in Skyrim, too. Mm. But, like you said, if they launch, if they start teasing footage of, of uh, Elder Scrolls 6 and it's, like, you know, the tiger warriors and oh, the monkey absolutely. men and, like, whatever from High Rock and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, there's totally a way to, to carve out Elder Scrolls' sixes. Uh, like unique artistic mm. direction straight away. Yeah. Um, whereas I think it's hard, sometimes harder to do in Fallout, but you can contest this with Fallout 5. Well, uh, yes, I don't know what the hell Fallout 5 is going to be, <laughs> and frankly, I'm quite scared of it because mm. uh, I think after the reception of Fallout 76, yeah. Bethesda will want to sort of save some face and kind of go back to what people really liked because, like I said earlier, this has been sort of a bunch of experiments and they're kind of putting the feelers out to find out what people did enjoy. I think they might have over-egged it a bit with Fallout 4. They added in a lot of base-building um, uh, experiences. Who was that, requesting that think, while no one, we're on? No one sort Who? of requested it. No. And then no one kind... The backlash was big, but that game was still really good in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it still scored well. It still sold well. People still liked it. They didn't like that part of it. And now I think Bethesda are only just getting the message now that people don't like it in Fallout 76. Mm. And they're yeah. sort of realizing what people actually did like. And it's kind of <laughs> yeah. stressful that it took them so long. But I do like that they're experimenting. I think there is a reason why we haven't sort of seen a spin-off for The mm. Elder Scrolls other than The Elder Scrolls Online. There's a reason why they keep remastering Skyrim is what I'm trying to say. Oh, God, <laughs> because yeah. that 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 whole series so far is kind of untainted. Mm. You know, like, like I said before, people know what they want from yeah. that. They have it nailed down. I think that's why the confidence is way higher in mm. The Elder Scrolls um, 6 than it will be in Fallout 5. But I think, hopefully, they might have got the message. <laughs> I mean, like you said, we can't, have, a, they can't have another Fallout 76. So no, they can't. Whatever they do for Fallout 5 has to be something where they've really took the time and listened to the community and looked at the things yeah. that people want to see from you know, the law yeah. and the fan bases. You know, what, what's really interesting to me is, I was thinking about this last night before, uh, in preparation for this, mm -hmm. in that I was saying earlier that the next um, Elder Scrolls mm -hmm. could be theoretically 10 years after Skyrim. Mm -hmm. And right. there will be such excitement for that. And I was sort of thinking about Fallout 5, because between Starfield, Elder Scrolls, and then Elder Scrolls 6, and then whatever, who knows when Fallout 5, a proper Fallout 5, mm -hmm. will come out. It could theoretically, probably will be 10 years after <laughs> yeah. Fallout yeah. Um, 4. But will... Will that same excitement like be there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when... I think it's all in how it's presented because That's I, the, thing, yeah. the, the thing that they seem to have hit with seventy six is they've gone here's Fallout in the most base sense. Here's Fallout. Here's this radiated uh, yeah. wasteland. Here's a bunch of creatures to go kill. You can dress up in your vault stuff. You have got the vault boy in the, in the iconography in the, art, in the art direction and all that stuff. Here you go. And everyone's just kind of gone, okay, why? Yeah. And they went because Fallout. Yeah. yeah. And and that's not enough. And like that that's the thing they need to like like you said you don't we don't know whether they know how much like you know what to focus on in terms of why people love Fallout like you know. They talked about it in uh, Daniel O'Dwyer's uh, No Clip documentary in mm. terms of why they wanted to acquire the IP in the first place. And so I think they're kind of recreating that, like the stories that they told amongst their friends when they were playing it when they were younger. You can kind of argue that's why 76 is so open-ended. But yeah, I, I wonder where they go. I have a question mm. because I have played a bit of all the Fallout games, um, but has this never been set anywhere other than America, has it? No. Which is, I think something important that they could change because if they take it yeah. to a whole new setting and it turns out crap then they can just go back to America <laughs> but, like, hey, but like, I think uh, that would be the biggest way Fallout can make something 
again, experimental, different, and bring all the things that they like from the other games into a mm -hmm. new setting and make it exciting and say, oh, this didn't get hit as badly, so there's a lot of different things here, or like it doesn't have to be the green, brown. Yeah, it, it kind of depends how much they think that like the West, and in America in particular, mm. is fundamental to Fallout's appeal. Because like there's yeah. there's yeah. always been rumors before each installment that, oh, it's going to be set in China, or it's going to yeah. be set in Russia, or it's going to do something like that, and they never come true. He's right. I, I know I've just championed how um, Bethesda are experimental with their games. Yes. And I think that, while interesting, might be one step too far. There was a yeah. cool um, interview that I think Rockstar did a few years ago. Obviously, when every, every new GDA game comes out and people are like, you should set it somewhere else. You should set <laughs> it in London or something. Yeah. And I think um, the, the the developers just said, well, if you do that, you sort of lose part of what makes Grand Theft Auto Grand Theft Auto. Because that's yeah. sort of like this play up of the American mm -hmm. dream in mm -hmm. like Americana. I think Fallout is sort of similar in the way it is mm -hmm. kind of, like you said, it's it's rooted in a history that isn't entirely real, but it sort of resem mm. it resembles yeah. something that we can kind of grasp onto. And it does use those themes of Americana and sort of like the, the 50s uh, to sort of like jump off of and tell stories. Yeah, nuclear yeah. family. And I think if you do go to another country, whilst you wouldn't lose everything that Fallout is, I think that changes it perhaps to a point where it's mm. kind of beyond recognition. I think it would be great mm. for like, a, for in, like in like some form, just know what's going on because you yeah. do kind of know what, you get glimpses of that over mm. the series, but to set an entire game there, it would be very interesting, that's kind of but risk maybe I would that's like a step them. too far. Yeah, that's kind of the risk I would like them to take. But you guys can let us know what you think down in the comments yeah. or find us on social media as well. We've been babbling for a good half an hour, but now it's over to you. Ooh. Elder Scrolls or Fallout? I will, we'll just see because we've already uh, shouted both sides in this lovely debate. So this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ash. Hello, I've been Ash and Scrolls is best. It is. And also joined by Josh. Hello, Fallout is really good and the best. It also is. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.